Hey, welcome to epi episode 84 of Creepy Soup. Let's see how this how is going to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I can see it now. I can fucking see it now. You know what, though? I would say it's par for the week. Mm. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. We both have had a rough week, so that we have. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I'm surprised by recording between the two of us and and this this week. Honestly, yeah, it it is it is pretty shocking. Um, my dad passed away this week. Um, which has been. A roller coaster, to say the least. Yeah. Um. But on the other hand, therapist thinks that my little breakdown last year was kind of precursor, so it's not as bad on the upside. Yeah. So. That could be. And I do. I know I said this in text and private, but I do again. I'm so sorry for your loss. It sucks. In any way, shape, or form, I know um, a friend of mine um, in 2022 lost her dad, and she hadn't talked to her dad in years. And like, it, like she was fine. Um, the only reason she went to her dad's funeral is her niece asked her to, and she's one of those aunts that will do anything for her niece. <laughs> um. And that is the only reason she went. And then after the funeral, her and her husband met me and my husband for my birthday dinner. Right. Nice. She like for her it was yeah. Yeah. Even though we haven't talked for years and everything, like he was still my dad, you know. Yeah, it's and, still part of you. Yeah. I still have, you know, some good memories of him. And everything. And yeah, last year he was diagnosed with both blood and bone cancer. So yeah, yeah it, it was really an inevitable thing. So, yeah. and I think that's part of why it was so bad for me last year. So. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely. I mean, it sucks. No, no matter how you slice it, because it's still a part of you. Yeah. And so, again, super, super sorry for your loss. It sucks. And mm -hmm. you know my number if you need me. Yeah. Um. Now, should we make some people laugh? <laughs> my story yes. from yesterday. Yeah, so okay. I had so emotional turmoil. Unfortunately, Jill had physical. Okay, so Jenny and I, the, it is Sunday. Like literally just before I upload this is when we're recording. Like this is going to be uploaded immediately when we're done. Um, so we were going to record yesterday and I had a bit of a headache. And I'm like, is there any way... Like maybe tonight when you get out of work or tomorrow. Well, you know what? I should have powered through the fucking headache and I wouldn't be where I'm at now. <laughs> so a little while after 
um, getting up and getting motivated and everything. My husband, who hates going to Walmart, um, said, do you want to go to Walmart with me? I'm not going to miss that opportunity. So I'm like, yeah. Well, while I was um, getting dressed and all that stuff, he ran to the store, like just the little party store over here. And when he backed in, he parked where the passenger side was practically still in the snow. So I'm like, babe, you got to move that because I can't get in. So he was like, all right, well, I'm going to pull out. And, you know, I thought he was going to just like pull out and back up just so I had room. Well, he pulled out into the road and I'm slowly walking because I'm, the shoes I'm wearing, I've never really worn this weather before. So I'm kind of walking slow because I'm ironically petrified of falling. To be fair, though, I mean, considering where we live, you're in Michigan, I'm in Wisconsin, we do things like test our shoes before we go walk in normally on ice. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm walking slow. And the next thing I know, I'm going down. Like I am. Now, I didn't think I caught my, like, tried to stop it because I've always heard you hurt yourself worse if you try to stop it. Mm -hmm. So I'm dropped like a sack of potatoes, like, boom, I went down. And then I, he had pulled out into the road and then I see his reverse lights come on. So I'm laying <gasps> on the ground going, no, no, no. True horror movie moment right there. And he says, I was looking for you and I didn't see you. I thought you ran into the bathroom. Well, what he did was he just backed up. So the passenger door was like driveway right to door. So I, <laughs> oh, it hurts to laugh. So, and then I was really upset because none of this was caught on the ring camera. Oh. I really kind of wish it was because I'm not going to lie. I would upload that shit to our, our the page because it would have been a hilarious. <laughs> uh, so if you do see me going, that's why. But I'm laughing hysterically because. And I don't even, don't even really want to say this, but it's part of the hilarity of the situation. Like I'm laying down. He pulls up rolls down the window he's like are you okay I'm like yep just give me a second and of course on my way up I fart <laughs> and I'm like this just tops it all this tops everything so yeah that's hilarious to talk about but I mean I'm in some pain today so yeah, yeah. so yeah that's uh -huh. I'm sorry yeah, my sympathy. Yeah, I don't. I I'm, I think I'm gonna try and take some leave because that did kind of nip it yesterday. Um, Good. So I think I'm gonna take some leave today, and I've got like a gazillion different things like to put on for pain. Um, magnesium spray because that shit works amazing. Um, I've got like some of the Young Living pain cream, and then there's um, it's like a off-brand pain cream with lidocaine in it 
Hmm. I might throw some of that on. Maybe that'll help me too. (laughs) Well, I'm going to have to have Roy do it because it's all on my back. Yeah. That still really sucks. To be fair, I did try to let her get out of it today multiple times before we started recording. (laughs) She did. She did. And I'm like, no, we got, we, I got it. We got, as long as we're both willing to do this, let's do it and get it done. So I was like, it'll be okay. I was like, I understand. No, I'm moving, like I said, moving a little slow, but I'm here. Um, so yeah, glad you're and I've got here. coffee, so so that helps. That's like my internal it medicine. Helps. There you yeah, go. It's my internal medicine. Although a whole cup got wasted yesterday after I got home. I had made a cup and they were trying to hide something from Aubrey. And as Ben moved to cover it, he knocked over this whole cup of coffee. Yeah. Oops keep away gone wrong complete accident it was fine it was fine but yeah so there's there's some emotional stuff this week there's some physical stuff and there's real emotional with coffee so coffee coffee abuse yeah (laughs) coffee abuse i i thought of doing a telethon for the coffee abuse I mean, to be fair, if we hit up a certain few people, I think we would be good. Oh, absolutely. Because they would 100% donate to that. Oh, yeah. We're looking at you, Dan, for sure. Yep. Yep. 100%. Maybe a Sherry. Very likely a Steve. Yes. 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 Very likely. I think right there we'd have it covered. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so how's the work situation movement going? Um, I don't think there's been anything new on that. Um, I was going to ask yesterday, um, as far as like when I need to actually do my next step and all of that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, I got called out of work. Yeah. Or not yesterday, Friday, sorry. Um, it's kind of like my only day where I really get to see him if he's there. <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so yeah, I was planning to ask him Friday when I got there and I was at Walmart and on Friday, we had a snowstorm again. <laughs> yeah, because we got it right after you. Yep, yep. So, yeah, school was canceled. Um, we we got a good amount. But while I was at Walmart, I got a call from one of my supervisors. Um, Hey, so we haven't really had many people today. There's only been four calls over the radio all day. You can stay home, stay safe, stay warm. I was like, oh, okay, I'm at Walmart. <laughs> She's but like, you know oh, okay. She's like, well, I guess you can stay there a little longer. Yeah, and, and I, I, I got to say. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, I talked to um, my other supervisor last night, my super Ricky, and um, I was, I told him the story of how I was at Walmart when she called and everything during the snowstorm and he starts laughing. He's like, I was there too. That's funny. It but is. See, and I, I give kudos to them because I, I drive a little distance to work, like 40 minutes. And in weather like that, it can be anywhere from an hour and a half to the one day I, it took me like three hours to get home. Fun, fun. Um, I remember that. So yeah, before that was I, night. yeah, so I start work at three and I leave here around one. Um, well, we didn't have snow at that time yet, but it was coming. Um, so I had texted my group leader and Friday was a blackout day which means you can't call in or you don't get the holiday pay and you get a write-up. Oh, so, and the write-up? That's rude. Yeah. So, um, I was like, well, I, I don't really want to call in. I will if I have to, but I have a super cool group leader. I'm like, I'll just shoot him a text and hopefully he'll say, you know what? I'll excuse you. Just stay home. Well, I didn't hear from him. Until I got to work and he was like, yeah, sorry, I don't have enough people. You, you got to stay. I'm like, fuck. So we, and then they made us work nine hours. Even better. Yeah. Um, and it took me a hair over an hour to get home Friday night. Wow. Which... Really, it's it was oh. only about twenty. Not that we froze. bad. Are we there? It was a bit. I, this yeah, freezing we're thing, on like, now. I'm so over. It. And honestly, it's probably due to the weather. Yeah, and probably because I have 150 people on the Wi-Fi. Um. So yeah, so we we can avoid some freezing and stuff. Um, you want to get started? yeah okay um i will also put it in the show notes um but I, there's a massive trigger warning on today's episode Ooh. it's horrible it's brutal um and this is one where i have debated on doing it and then this is the one where the week I did the notes, Dan had posted one of his awesome stories on our uh -huh. page and it was the same, the same one. And then I tried to continue doing it and I kept losing the notes. This is a story I kept losing. Serious notes. notes. Okay. Yeah. So um, I sat down to write some more because um, mm -hmm. initially I was going to do Gypsy Rose but I'm not going to lie I'm so sick of seeing her face I am so sick of seeing her every fucking where she has been everywhere she has like look yeah, she, I, I uh, get she definitely wasn't staying quiet when she got out <laughs> no and, and I knew she wasn't but like I'm getting notifications in my fucking email I don't care 
she's out let her live her life are you banana coconut because i think we're smoking the same one yes although i'm trying to remember what the pink and white one was because that one was good and like i thought that's what i got of this one but when i opened it i was like oh shoot it's the yellow one i didn't get the right one (laughs) so yeah yeah and the other one I have, and this one's just about dead, is the Miami Mint, which is, it's really good. But, okay, so anyway, I squirreled there. I'm so sorry. Um, Yeah, the, the, this is a rough one. So if um, multiple kinds of abuse um, bothers you, this is probably one you should skip. Because um, it's bad. Sorry, sitting on an ink pen. Do you not want me to do this? We can figure out something else to do. No, you're fine. Oh, okay. You should. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, we it's have a- TV trays at our house, and my son likes to sit in the chair with the TV tray where he puts his iPad, and you know he'll sit and play with either guys or whatever. And uh, he, yeah, he's currently sitting above my head and the table is rocking on the floor. So, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. If um, you hear background noises, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, we live with people, so background noises is, is going to happen. I personally didn't hear anything. So, well, I was sitting on a pen and I put it up here and that rolled. I heard that, but. Okay, so this, okay, this, I, I'm giving you a last chance to dip if you have to, um, but this is the murder of Sylvia Lichen. This, it's horrible. It's, okay. So in my notes, um, I started out with um, uh, the trash human one of the trash humans. Um, Gertrude Van Fossen was born September 1928. I think I forgot her actual birthday. I think it was the 19th. Yeah, September 19th. Um, She was the third of six children. Her parents were working class. Um, When she was 11, Gertrude saw her father have a heart attack and die. Um... At 16, she married John Beneszewski. Beneszewski. Um, He was abusive. And after four children and 10 years of marriage, they divorced the first time. Um, Shortly after the divorce, uh, Gertrude married Edward Guthrie. They were married for three months and divorced. Um, then she remarried her first husband, John. They had, uh, two more kids and then divorced a second time in 1963. So I'm not mathing. That's like what? 37, 35. I don't know. Um, so then, so then after her second divorce from her first husband, Third divorce, 
two husbands. Um, she then starts dating, excuse me, a 20 year old named Dennis Lee Wright. And they have a child named Dennis Lee Wright Jr. Um, he dipped, rarely saw the kid, didn't really help financially. Um, I did watch part of a movie last night and I'm like, no, I'm done. Um, an American crime, um, which is based on it. And of course they, they take some of the things and kind of combine them into other, and it does show him like periodically coming in and out of the, their lives, whatever. Um, so by this time, she is a single mom of seven children. Um, and I'm going to name them now. There's Paula, who's 17, Stephanie, who's 15, John, who's 12, Marie, who's 11, Shirley, who's 10, and James, who's eight, and Dennis, who is one. So that that's a big age gap between your youngest and your oldest. That's... But I, I mean, I know, I know people who their kids have actually more of an age gap. Um, I had a friend of mine that she had her son young. Um, and when it was a month after he graduated high school, she had her daughter. Nope. I'm a pass. Um, so Gertrude, the wonderful that she is, um, she was a chain smoker, so she was asthmatic, um, clinically depressed and stressed. She was a single mom, three divorces, another failed relationship. Um, and she earned money by doing odd jobs for neighbors stuff like um sewing cleaning to earn the rent now man i i don't know exactly what the house looked like because i don't think i've ever looked up pictures of it but the one they show in the movie beautiful house the rent was 55 dollars a month that would be amazing to have your rent only 55 dollars a month hang on let me see what that would be in 2024 money I'm going to bet I'd still take it over our current. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's $552. That's pretty cheap. I mean, it's in most cases more than a house payment, but it is uh, still very that's pretty good. Um, and this, I believe, takes place in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, so next in my notes, we're going to talk a little bit about Sylvia. Sylvia Marie Lichen was born January 3rd, so her birthday would have just passed, um, 1949. Her parents, Elizabeth Betty, um, her parents, Lester and Elizabeth, I don't know if I said that, um, and she went by Betty. They sold like candy, beer, 
soda, pretzels, stuff like that at carnivals. And they traveled throughout the state of Indiana um, during the summer into like early fall. Um, I don't know how it is everywhere, but I know like some of our fairs and carnivals are early fall, like after kids start school. So, you know, they, they can run for a while. So um, this caused them to move a lot. And Sylvia is one one of what I say six. No, nope. she's one of five kids. And she was born in the middle of two sets of twins. There was Daniel and Diana, which are two years older, and Benny and Jenny, which are a year younger. Um, the boys traveled and after this, like, honestly, I knew she had other brothers, but I did not ever, and maybe I did, I just forgot because the other sister, Diana, is not part of any of the stories at all. Um, <laughs> So the boys traveled with the parents to help, Um, but the girls and the parents thought for their safety and educational purposes, they normally stayed with relatives. Um usually the grandmother but that didn't always work out well um sylvia would babysit run errands perform chores for neighbors to earn money and she would give her mom a portion of her earnings to help now mind you at the time she's 16 16 yes 16 um and she was described as friendly, confident. Um, there was another word used to describe her, and I don't remember. Um, likeable. And, you know, of course, they described her. She had, like, shoulder-length brown hair. Um, and her she was known to her friends as Cookie. You okay? Mm-hmm. You don't look okay. Tea kettle. Um, now the younger sister, Jenny, suffered from polio when she had a noticeable limp and wore a steel brace on her leg. And all this comes to um, Lester, Sylvia, and Jenny's dad make a deal with Gertrude um for the girls to stay with her and her giant ass brood for twenty dollars a week and it was supposed to be paid like a specific day every week um but i'm sure that money got mailed and you can't always control the mail i'm sure even back then you couldn't control the mail mm -hmm. um and this was their living arrangement supposed to be until that november so this is july of 1965 until November so so the first few weeks the girls got along great they would dance to like records or like the current music with um some of the other daughters of Gertrude um I think they specifically mentioned Stephanie which was the second oldest um 
the girls willingly participated in household chores and they went to Sunday school every Sunday with the family. This changes when some of the boarding payments are late. Um, and that's when the first hint of abuse comes in. Um, the payment was right late. It pissed Gertrude off because she was counting on that money. Not saying what she did was right, but she was counting on that money. Um, and normally it would come a day or two later. But if it wasn't there that day, abuse would happen. Um, so she took a quarter inch paddle and beat the girls saying, I took care of you two little bitches for nothing. Um, in late August, both girls were beaten approximately 15 times on the back with the aforementioned paddle. Um, after Paula, the oldest daughter, accused the girls of eating too much food at a church supper. Um, by mid-August, Gertrude started to focus her abuse on Sylvia. And some of the initial abuse, and again, I'm one last trigger warning and and run if it's gonna bother you. Um, I just want to throw that out there. Like this is where it starts getting really bad. Um so some of the initial abuse included beatings, um, starvation. Um, forcing her to eat leftovers um, or spoiled food from the garbage can. And um, that sometimes turned to her getting ill and throwing it up and then being forced to one sec, one second, just give me one second, guys. So anyway, <laughs> hope everything is going okay over there. Sorry. Sorry. Um, you no, know, I had wanted um, Roy to put some stuff on my back before he left. Um, today oh. was supposed to be date night, but football is more important. So, um, and this is where I kind of got irritated with my notes and or writing, and I'm just going to, um, and most of this information I got off of Wikipedia and from watching part of an American crime, which I don't like to use movies unless it's a documentary because of course they do take artistic liberties with things so um da, 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 da. okay so on one occasion she okay she was accused sylvia was accused of stealing candy that she had actually purchased and of course that caused a beating um, and another time 
she was sub subjected to some humiliation. Um, now, I will say Gertrude is the main um, source of the abuse this poor girl suffered, but it also came from the other children and actually neighborhood children. So um, before moving to Indiana, the family lived in Long Beach, California, and she had, I guess, kind of a boyfriend there. Um, and Gertrude asked her, like, have you ever done anything? Of course, meaning sex. And she's like, I guess so. Um, even though she hadn't, but she didn't really know what she meant. Um, and then at one point, Sylvia mentions that, um, she was fully dressed and laid under the covers with this boyfriend. Um, so then a few days later, Gertrude continues this conversation and after it obviously it ended and said, you look like you're getting big in the stomach. You're, you're going to have a baby telling her she's pregnant. And with, okay, um, she responds with, yeah, I'm getting big. I guess I'll go on a diet. Not, I don't know. I, um, so then Gertrude tells her and the other girls in the house that whenever they did something with the boy, they would be sure to have a baby. Now, granted, Gertrude, Gertrude was a fertile myrtle, obviously. Um probably a good thing for the second husband she didn't have any children with him that's probably right. a really good, good thing um so um now paula the oldest daughter was actually three months pregnant at the time now according to the movie i i i didn't want to put any of the family's names in my Google search because I think they're all fucking trash. Um, but the movie kind of alludes to the fact that it is, she was, Paula was with an older man and he was married. And that's, but again, that could be, I'm not for sure. Um, so, Paula was pregnant and admittedly jealous of Sylvia because Sylvia was a very pretty girl. Um, so she then attacks Sylvia and knocks her off of a kitchen chair saying, you aren't fit to sit on a chair. Um, so on another occasion, um, Gertrude, Paula, and a neighborhood boy named Randy Lepper, force-fed lichens a hot dog, overloaded with condiments, including mustard, ketchup, and spices. Now, I don't know if she didn't like any of the condiments, but I know if you don't like a certain condiment and there's even a hint of it on your food, you're going to gag. You're just going to gag. Um, but then, again, I mean, like ketchup has sugar in it. I don't know. But anyway, she um, became violently ill, vomiting, and she was 
force fed the vomit. That's why I said, like it's it only gets worse, people. Yeah. Yeah. It only gets worse. And I'm like, I want this is one of those cases you want to give every instance, but at the same time, you don't to understand what this poor girl suffered. But then to have to repeat some of these things, it's just it makes you it makes me feel gross and I'm sorry. But yeah, I also I feel I mean, this, I know the story. So yeah, yeah I, I know some of the things. Yeah, it's it's horrific. It's horrific. So um and what seems like the only act that Sylvia had of retaliation was spreading rumors about the other girls. Um, and she had spread that Stephanie and Paula were prostitutes. Um, so Stephanie had jokingly propositioned or was jokingly propositioned by a boy that had heard this rumor. She finds out that Sylvia starts the rumor and Sylvia admits it. Like I started it. So Stephanie punches her. Well, then she apologizes to Stephanie for starting the rumor. Um, but then Stephanie's boyfriend, a 15 year old named Coy Hubbard heard of the rumor. He brutally attacks Sylvia, slapping her, banging her head against the wall and flipping her backwards onto the floor. Now that's already two things that she's like two separate punishments, I guess, for this now lovely gertrude finds out and she uses the paddle on sylvia so this poor girl starts a rumor after being horrifically abused at this point and yeah it's sorry um another time paula beat sylvia so bad around her face because she was focusing on her teeth and eyes that Paula broke her wrist. Then after getting the cast on her arm, she continues to beat Sylvia more. It's a cast. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, it was repeatedly. Her <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you did this. You shouldn't have had such a hard head, you horrible witch. Um, yep. Which I'm surprised with after all this, and so far she's surviving and only starting a rumor that they're not accusing her of witchcraft or some shit. But. Okay, so next, um, Gertrude repeatedly falsely accuse, accu accuses Sylvia of being promiscuous. Um, and of engaging in prostitution, uh, ranting about the filthiness of prostitution and women in general. I mean, she is a woman with multiple kids, a pregnant daughter. Um, and what, what I think is horrible is what I'm about to, I mean, it's, it's all bad, but there's just some things that s stick out. Um, Gertrude would force the younger sister Jenny to also hit Sylvia 
And if she refused, she would then beat Jenny. So. Gotta love a mind fuck, including torture. Yeah, absolutely. Because at this point, your younger sister has polio. You don't want her getting beat. So like, if that was me, I would encourage my sister to go ahead and do it. You know what I mean? Like, Yep. Um, and at the same time, the torture to Jenny because she doesn't want to do it. But if she doesn't do it, then she's going to get beat. So she feels like she has to do it. And I'm sure the sister is also encouraging her to do it. So at the same time, it's a huge moral dilemma within her own mind. Right. And she was forced to watch a lot of what happened to her sister. So um, Coy Hubbard the i think it was stephanie's boyfriend um and several of his classmates frequently visited the banachewski home to both physically and verbally torment sylvia often the other kids gertrude's kids joining in on the fun um yeah it, it was like an after-school activity Yes, Almost. because and yeah, that's where like... I'm headed next. Um, because <laughs> Gertrude actively encouraged neighborhood children to come over and routinely beat Sylvia. Um, they would use her as a practice dummy in judo lessons, um, giving her lacerations, burning her with lit cigarettes. Um, that is in excess of a hundred times. Um, and they se severely injured her genitals at, um, to now look, I know it takes all kinds and people have their own fetishes and kinks. I will never fetish or kink shame, but if your source of entertainment is to gather yourself, an adult woman, a mother, a soon-to-be grandmother and all of her teenage accomplices would force Sylvia to strip naked in the family living room and masturbate with a glass Pepsi bottle in front of everybody. How? Look, there is nothing fun about that. I'm sorry. There's not. That's disgusting. It's horrible. And um, her reason for this act of humiliation was to convince her sister Jenny to not be like her sister. Yeah. I'm going to make you do something, but tell you, don't be that way. <laughs> yep. So <clears throat> by this time, Gertrude says, Sylvia, you're not going to school no more. I mean, you can't hide this shit anymore. So of course you're not going to send her to school. Um, and, an but another reason was she also confessed to having stole stolen a gym suit from the school because Gertrude refused to purchase it. So 
um, for that act of theft, she was obviously pulled from school and she was whipped. Sylvia was whipped with a three inch wide police belt. Yeah. So then of course the, this woman is so obsessed with premarital sex and kids having sex, which, okay, I get it. It's the sixties, but again, it's the sixties. <laughs> like that's, Kind of when kids were, well, I'm sure it happened before that, but like it was more known for kids to, I mean, I'm not an expert. I wasn't born yet. So I'm going by stories my mom told me. Um, well, you have to realize too, she got married at, what was it? 16, 15? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it probably in her mind too, it makes sense. Okay. You're 16. You want to have sex? Fine. Go get married. Right. You know what I mean? Because that's what yeah, she did. And, you know, and like our, like now we hear of a 16 year old getting married and you think what is wrong with the parents? But back then and earlier, it was common to get mm -hmm. married while you were still in school, while you were fresh out of high school. It was way more common than waiting until your 20s, 30s, whatever. I mean, mm -hmm. I know people oh. in their 40s and 50s who have never been married. Mm -hmm. And so. not only that, but if you go back further in history, people would get married, excuse me, at 14, 12. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it was, you know, primarily to ensure the bloodline. But at the same time, the people who got married at that age were a lot more mature than I think we are at that same age now i would have to tend to agree because kids were made to work on family farms get odd jobs to do stuff like that now and i'm sure i probably contributed to the problem but my thing when my kids were in school is like a lot of some of their friends had jobs i didn't want my kids getting jobs i wanted them to concentrate on school mm -hmm. so but I probably would have, like, back in the early 1900s, been ostracized for putting their education first and not yeah. having them contribute to the family. So, yep. And more especially women, women were not in schools, you know, until shit, I don't even remember when. <laughs> yeah. Long ass time um, ago. So, um she repeatedly kicked sylvia in the genitals um because of the evils of premarital sex and oddly enough stephanie the second oldest one who had previously punched her in the face for the rumor um actually came to sylvia's defense saying she didn't do anything which is kind of surprising um and at that point Gertrude burns Sylvia's fingertips with matches before further whipping her. Um, a few days later, Jenny got whipped because with the police belt because she reportedly stole a single shoe to wear on her strong foot from the school. 
Now, I don't know how things were back then, but there was just not random clothes for us to wear <laughs> in the school. Like you, I mean, I know some schools, they had like gym uniforms, but we, I always had to provide my own. So hearing that stuff to me is a little odd, but that's just me. Um, so Sylvia and Jenny were afraid of notifying really anybody, family members that were local. We're local to the girls. Um, the school, they were afraid of really saying anything to anybody. Um, because at that point they figure it's only going to worsen the situation. And yes, Sylvia got the most of the beating, but then Jenny got it, but not as often or as bad. Mm -hmm. I don't think it makes a difference, but it wasn't as often. My guess would be to you, it was probably because of the polio. Mm -hmm. And that she was worried if she did too much, then Jenny would die and then everybody would know. Yeah. Well, yeah. jokes on her because... Um, so Jenny in particular struggled with not notifying anybody because... She, one, knew she would be abused and tortured to the same degree as her sister, but that it was probably, it would probably also make it even worse for her sister. So, you know, like you said earlier, it's got like a mind fuck, like she's being told to do it. The sister's probably encouraging it to keep her from getting it. And it's just a whole thing. So, and by this time, um, Jenny would get bullied by the neighborhood girls anytime she would kind of hint at Sylvia's situation, what she was going through. Um, and in July and August, the, and this is what gets me, um, both Lester and the mom, um, Elizabeth, would return to Indianapolis and visit their daughters. Um the last occasion that they visited their daughters was on October 5th. Uh, and at that point, neither girl exhibited any visible signs of distress about their mistreatment, which they're probably scared of shit too. So they had to make like everything was happy and, and great. Um, and my guess is there was a, probably are always someone watching them like Gertrude or the kids themselves who would report back to their mom. Cause let's face it at this point, this is their favorite after school activity. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately the girls know that in the end, the parents are going to leave again. Right. If they say something, you know, and someone catches wind of it and the parents don't do anything and just leave. That can instill a lot of fear. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't, I mean, I don't blame either girl for behaving that way and not because if the parents weren't willing to take them, the parents are going to what argue with Gertrude a little bit and then leave the girls there. And then what? I mean, so, I mean, I understand why they did what they did because I know in some cases, there was a lot of, well, why didn't they? That's probably why. Yeah. 
Um, so after the parents left, Gertrude, the house, after their final visit, um, Gertrude asks Sylvia, what are you going to do now, Sylvia? They're gone. Which, bitch, I just said she didn't do anything. So, um, at, and okay, earlier I said I didn't hear anything about the other sister. I guess just reading is fundamental. Um, the girls encounter their older sister, Diana, at a local park. And both girls tell the older sister about the abuse. Like, they tell her everything. Um... Neither sister mentioned the actual address where they were living. Um, Diana believed her sisters must have exaggerated their claims because of the scope of the mistreatment. Now, I don't know if they were little fibbers before, but, and then honestly, at that point, who would believe that? Like, that's a lot of abuse and it seems so far-fetched and so unreal. It would, it seemed like it would be very hard to believe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So extreme. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so prior to seeing her, the, just the two of them in the park, um, they had encountered her, this was several weeks prior to them, like, blurting out everything. Um, they were with the 11-year-old Marie. Um, and Sylvia had mentioned to her sister that she was hungry. So her sister Diana gave her a sandwich. Um, Sylvia didn't say anything to anybody, but Marie little snitch uh went back and revealed this to the family a little later on um in response gertrude accused sylvia of gluttony bitch you had seven kids but um and after that accusation, both her and Paula choked and bludgeoned her. Um, they then subjected her to a scalding bath in order to cleanse her of sin. That always works. Yeah. Um, Gertrude then grabbed Sylvia's hair and repeatedly banged her head against the tub only to revive her when she fainted. So that that's a lovely bath time ritual. Mm -hmm. um, shortly after this incident, a father of a neighborhood boy named John Michael, or uh, Michael John Monroe, I'm sorry, um, phoned the technical high school where the kids all went, except for Sylvia, um, to anonymously report that there was a girl that had open sores across her body. So this is the first person outside of the household who has done anything to try to help. 
Well, because at that point, Sylvia had not been in school for several days. Um, the school nurse visited and Gertrude claimed that Sylvia had ran away. So she wasn't there, wasn't there, ouch, that hurt, to really check on her. Um, she said that she had ran away the previous week and she did not know where she actually was. Um, and said that the open source were probably because she didn't have good, per Sylvia didn't have good personal hygiene. Hmm. Damn, guess those scalding baths don't work. Yeah. <laughs> um, once Gertrude claimed that Sylvia was a bad influence on her children and her younger sister, Jenny, um, the school made no further attempts to investigate anything for this poor girl. Um, immediate neighbors, I'm just going to try and paraphrase some of this a little bit. Um, they initially, um, Raymond and Phyllis Vermillion, was a middle-aged couple that lived right next door thought that it was an ideal caregiving situation for Sylvia and Jenny um and on many occasions they could hear the screams the beatings and um mm. uh they had visited the re uh, residence on both occasions. They witnessed Paula physically abusing Sylvia, um, who on both occasions had a black eye from the abuse um, and openly boasting about their mistreatment to the girls. Like they were bragging how, yeah. Um, after their or during their second visit, they agreed that Sylvia was very zombie-like, um, but they never reported anything. Now, remember, they told the sister about the abuse, mm -hmm. and but didn't tell her where they lived. Well, the sister finds out on October first where the sisters were living. Um, she visited in an attempt to initiate some regular visitation, communication, contact with the sisters. Um, Gertrude refused, refused to allow the sister any entry to the property, to the home, um, stating that she had permission from the parents not to allow either of the girls to see her. Uh, she ordered Diana to leave the property. Well, two weeks later, Diana encountered Jenny by chance. Now, this would be the 15th of October. Um, she encountered Jenny by chance and ask about Sylvia and Jenny responds with, I can't tell you or I'll get in trouble. Yeah. 
Um, and it only escalates from, from here. So if you've handled it this, but can't handle much more, you're another chance. I'm giving you another chance. Um, so due to the increase in the frequency and brutality of the beatings, um, that Sylvia is being handed, she becomes incontinent for anyone that don't know, which I'm pretty sure most of our listeners do. Um, it means she don't really have control of the bladder. Um, she was denied access to any bathroom being forced to wet herself. Um, as a form of punishment for the incontinence, Gertrude throws like Sylvia into the basement and ties her up. Um, while down there, she's often kept naked, rarely fed, deprived of water. Um, and occasionally tied to the railing of the basement with her beat, her, her feet barely touching the floor. Um, she would falsely claim Gertrude would falsely claim to the children in the house that either she herself or one of them had been receiving direct insults from Sylvia in hopes to provoke them to attack her. So this bitch, this grown woman is to get kids to fight who at this point, I'm sorry, she's defenseless. Cause mm -hmm. can you imagine if she's fighting back? I can imagine. I would imagine she would have given up fighting back long before. Right. Because I'm sure any fighting back she may have done probably would have caused the beatings to get worse. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so at one point, Gertrude holds a knife and challenges Silva, Sylvia to fight me back. To which Sylvia responds, she doesn't know how to fight. So that right there tells you she's not defending herself against any of these brutal fucking attacks. Yeah. So, I mean, she doesn't know how to fight. She's not fighting back. Essentially, you're beating a baby. Which, she was 16. She's a baby. Mm -hmm. um, so in response, um, she Gertrude inflicted a, a light scour wound to Sylvia's body. A light scour wound. I don't know what that is. I would assume back then they had like the scouring pads that maybe, maybe. she... Maybe. I mean, that sounds like it would be right up her alley. Right. Scrub her till the skin's gone. Yep. Um. Honestly, the only reprieve that was really given was, you know, when people actually had to go to bed or if one of Gertrude's favorite TV shows was on. Yeah. Um, neighborhood children were charged five cents a piece to see the display of Sylvia after she had been humiliated, beaten, scalded, um, and ultimately mutilated. So, yeah. Um, 
With the assistance of her children and neighborhood children, Gertrude would restrain and gag Sylvia before placing her in a bathtub filled with scalding water and proceeded to rub salt in the wounds. I told you this is... Mm, okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, 12-year-old John Jr., uh, would rub urine and feces from the baby's diaper into Sylvia's mouth before giving her a cup half filled with water and stating water was all she would receive the rest of the day. Um, John Jr., um, also like to torture Sylvia by offering her um, in this particular case, a bowl of soup she could eat with her fingers um, and then quickly taken away the bowl. Um, and she would attempt because at this point she's seriously malnourished. Mm -hmm. um, Gertrude <laughs> eventually allowed her to sleep upstairs on the condition that she learned not to wet herself. Um, that night, uh, Sylvia whispered to Jenny to please give her a glass of water before she fell asleep. Um, so of course, in the morning, Gertrude discovers that Sylvia has wet herself. As punishment, she was forced to insert an empty glass Coca-Cola bottle into her vagina um, in front of all of the children before being ordered to the basement. Um, now this is going to be a direct quote from Richard Hobbs. Um, it's court testimony. Gertrude called Sylvie upstairs to the kitchen. Somehow the conversation got around to tattooing. Um, Gertrude asked Sylvia whether she knew what a tattoo was. She said, you branded my children, so now I'm going to brand you. And this again is Richard Hobbs testifying as to Gertrude's decision to carve an insult into Sylvia's abdomen on October 23rd, 1965. Shortly thereafter, Gertrude shouted for Sylvia to return to the kitchen, then ordered her to strip naked before reclaiming um, and then she began to carve the words, I'm a prostitute and proud of it onto her abdomen, Sylvia's abdomen with a heated needle. Um, when she was unable to finish the branding, she instructed one of the neighborhood children present who was Richard Hobbs, the one who testified that I read the quote. Um, so he finished those lovely words. Um, and at that point, Jenny Gertrude took Jenny to a nearby grocery store 
in what Hobbes would later insist were short light etchings as she clenched her teeth and moaned. Um, at that point, Hobbes and 10-year-old Shirley, one of Gertrude's children, um, took Lycan, Sylvia to the basement where they used an anchor belt to attempt to burn the letter S into her left breast. Um, although they applied one section of the loop backwards, it actually it ended up looking like the number three. Um, after that, Gertrude taunts Sylvia saying like, with that written on you, you're never going to be able to get married. Um, and her response is, I guess there's nothing I... Sylvia's response is, I guess there's nothing I can do. Um, later that day, Sylvia was forced to display the carving to the neighborhood children, um, claiming that she had received, Gert, Gertrude claimed that she had received the inscription at a sex party. Um... Sylvia tells her sister, Jenny, I know you don't want me to die, but I'm going to die. I can tell. Um, the next day, Gertrude forces, wakes her up and forces her to write a letter. She dictates the contents to what, you know, she's going to say, um, which this was all intended to mislead the parents. So the parents believe that she ran away. Um, and then intended to frame non-existent boys for abusing and mutilating her. Um, because, okay, the story was she's going to blame these boys for abusing and mutilating. I'm so sorry. I'm just... It's all right. <laughs> Um, because she initially promises them sex and they get mad when she doesn't. So her plan is to blame these non-existent kids, basically. Um, after this, she has, um, Jenny blindfold Sylvia and take her to a nearby wooded area known, excuse me known as Jimmy Forrest, Jimmy's Forest to leave her there and die. Um, after they finished writing the letter, Sylvia was then tied to the chair and offered crackers to eat, although she refused them by saying, give it to the dog. I don't want it. Um, of course, you know, that's like getting the best of Gertrude. So she forces them in her mouth. Uh, and then she's beaten particular in the stomach area where she's got this fresh wound. So on October 25th, uh, Sylvia attempts to escape from the basement after overhearing a conversation between lovely Gertrude and John Jr. Um, she hears the plan to take her to the woods to die. Um, she attempted to leave, but due to the extensive injuries and her weakness, Gertrude was 
able to catch her and um yeah um I'm sorry, I lost my spot. Um, she, okay, so she was unable to leave, and then Gertrude just gives her more fucking crackers. Like, was what's your cracker kick? You could have been giving her crackers all along, and maybe she wouldn't be so bad off. Silly bitch. Um, my guess would be it was to show that she had something in her stomach. Maybe. Um. Be like, no, we didn't starve her. See, there was food in her stomach. Yeah. Well, while forcing these crackers into her mouth, um, she's repeatedly striking her in the face with a curtain rod um, until the curtain rod bends to a right angle. Um, Coy Hubbard, Stephanie's boyfriend, then takes the curtain rod and hits her and hits Sylvia again. And at that point, she's unconscious and they drag her to the basement. Uh, that evening, this is where everything escalates before. Um, that evening, once she's back in the basement, Sylvia desperately attempts to alert neighbors by screaming help, hitting the walls, um, hitting the walls of the basement with like a shovel. Uh, one immediate neighbor would later inform police that she had heard the desperate commotion and that she had identified the source, but that as the noise had suddenly ceased at approximately 3 a.m., decided not to inform police of the, dis of the disturbance. Um, by the morning of October 26th, Likens was unable to, Sylvia was unable to speak intelligibly, intelligibly apparently neither can I, um, <laughs> or correctly coordinate the movement of her limbs um gertrude moves moved sylvia into the kitchen and propped her back against the wall attempted to feed her a donut and a glass of milk um she was unable to correctly sylvia was unable to correctly maneuver the glass of milk so gertrude threw her to the floor and then returned her to the basement Shortly after that, Sylvia becomes delirious, uh, moaning, mumbling. Uh, Paula asks Sylvia to recite the alphabet. She was unable to recite anything beyond the first four letters. Um, she could not raise herself off the ground. Um, in response, Paula verbally threatened to either stand her up or she would inflict a long jump on her. Uh, at this point, Sylvia had defecated on herself and Gertrude orders her to clean it up herself. That afternoon, several other of the tormentors gathered in the basement. Um, Sylvia was jerkingly moving her arms in an attempt to point at the faces of the tormentors, um, making statements such as you're Ricky, you're Gertie, which is what they called Gertrude. I don't believe she deserves a nickname except for mm. um, uh, minutes later, Sylvia attempted to bite into a rotten pear that she had been given to eat, um, but she could feel the looseness of her teeth. 
That's got to be a horrible feeling. Jenny replied, don't you remember, Sylvia? Your front tooth was knocked out when you were seven. Um, Jenny, at that point, leaves the basement to do gardening chores for a neighbor in hopes of earning some money. Um, that, to me, seems like a maybe a trauma response mm -hmm. or to remove herself from as far from the situation as possible. Um, so they attempted to wash her by, while well, laughing, of course, spraying her with a garden hose brought to the house that afternoon by Gertrude's request. Sylvia again desperately attempted to exit the basement, but collapsed before she could reach the stairs. Um, because of this, Gertrude stomps on Sylvia's head. Um, shortly after 5.30, Richard Hobbs, the tag team carver, uh, returned to the house and proceeded to the basement because, hell, why would you not go down there? Um, and he slipped on the wet basement stairs and fell against uh fell on the floor um to be con what he sees when he gets down there is stephanie the second oldest crying and cuddling sylvia's emaciated and lacerated body after she had been ordered by her mother to clean sylvia which shocks me because at this point, you've already stepped in for her once before. Now you're calling and crying. Why couldn't you have gone to somebody? Right. Brought someone home. But at home the same you. time, she was probably scared to death. And if probably. she did, she would get beat. Yeah. Um, so at this point, Stephanie and Richard decide to give Sylvia a warm, soapy bath and dress her in new clothes. Um, they laid her on a mattress in one of the bedrooms. Um, and at this point, Sylvia kind of mutters her final wish that her daddy was here. And Sylvia promises that she will take her home. And the younger one, Shirley, I can't remember if she was 10, I think, said, oh, she'll be all right. Um, when Stephanie realizes that Sylvia is not breathing, she attempts mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation as Gertrude repeatedly shouts to the children that Sylvia was faking her death. What? Um, and at that point, at the age of 16, she finally, you know, I, I hate that she went through all that. But honestly, at that point, death was a blessing for her because yeah. I can't imagine that would have been. So, of course, even in death, poor Sylvia can't get a break because Gertrude initially beats her corp, calling corpse, calling her off with a book, beating her corpse with a book. 
shouting faker. Okay. Um, at some point, reality sinks in and she has Richard, one of them that helped, the one that helped clean her, um, call the police from a nearby payphone. And when they got there, they seen that Likens was emancipated, extensively bludgeoned, mutilated, and her body was on a soiled mattress in the bedroom. And then she hands the police the, the forced letter. So she still at this point is trying to blame this these make-believe people mm -hmm. that they did because she promised them sex and didn't deliver. So... Um, while clutching a Bible, Paula stated to all the, everyone there that Sylvia's death was meant to happen. Then glanced in Jenny's direction and said, if you want to live with us, Jenny, we'll treat you like our own sister. <laughs> um... So Gertrude had instructed Jenny to give the police these specific events. But as she gets away from the police, she says, you get me out of here and I'll tell you everything. So good for Jenny. Mm -hmm. um, so Jenny provides a formal statement, which leads the arrest of Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie and John. Which I kind of feel bad for Stephanie because it seems like Stephanie was the only one that had her back at any right. point. Besides her own sister, of course. Um, later that same day, Coy Hubbard, Stephanie's boyfriend, and Richard Hobbs were also arrested on suspicion of murder. Um... Da, da, da. they were all held without bail pending trial um initially gertrude denies any involvement in the death um but the next day she confessed to having known the kids particularly her daughter paula and the mm. and the other sister's boyfriend core had physically and emotionally abused sylvia stating paula did most of the damage and Coy did a lot of the beating. Um, lacking any remorse, Paula signed a statement in admitting to having repeatedly beat Sylvia about the backside with her mother's police belt. Um, and then, you know, breaking her wrist on the jaw and afflicting other brutality. Um, five other neighborhood children who participated in the abuse um, also had been arrested. All were charged with causing injury to person and each was subsequently released to the custody of their parents um, as long as they appeared to testify at the upcoming trial. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of other other stuff. Um, 
Now, this happened in 1965. Gertrude served 20 years. Um, she re relocated to Iowa, and she never ex she never accepted full responsibility for what she did to Sylvia. Um, five years later, ha ha ha, on June 16th, 1990, she died due to lung cancer. That's terrible. Um, Paula was out in even less time because she was paroled in 1972. So seven years later, she worked as an aide at a school to a school counselor for 14 years. Um, because she had changed her name to Paula Pace. And once um, the truth came out of who she was, she obviously no longer had a job. Um, she married, had two of her own children. Um, the baby who she had given birth to while awaiting trial, um, she named after her mother. <clears throat> and, and later the baby was adopted. Um, I'm just trying to, uh, Stephanie, um, okay. Uh, Stephanie assumed a new name and became a school teacher. Uh, she later married and had several children. Uh, she was last known to live in Florida. Uh, she turned state's evidence against her mother and her response was, I'm just here in the hopes I can help anybody. Um, Richard Hobbs also died of lung cancer um, at the age of 21. Whoa. So that's that's seriously young. But mm -hmm. oh well. Yes, he helped in the end, but he still was involved in a lot of the shit. Yeah. Um, But yeah, a lot of them actually died of cancer in one form or another. Um, John Jr. died of diabetes in May of 2005 at the age of 52. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. I don't know who that is. Um, yeah, so Jenny, if anyone wondered about her, she married to a man named Leonard Wade. They had, which made her name Jenny Wade. Mm-hmm. I caught that. <laughs> That's crazy. But, um, the couple had two children, um, and because she was still traumatized by the abuse that she had been forced to watch her sister go through um she was on anxiety medication for the rest of her life and she died of a heart attack on june 23rd in 2004 at the age of 54 in beach grove indiana good i see that you muted uh it, it automatically muted that was mario calling so um, 
All right, we'll just finish up. Um, 14 years before she died, she had, uh, Jenny had saw Gertrude's, Gertrude, fuck it, we'll leave it. She don't even deserve it. Um, saw the, her obituary in the newspaper. She clipped the section from the newspaper and mailed it to her money. Her mo oh, Jesus Christ, mailed it to her mother with a note accompanying that said, some good news, damn old Gertrude, Gertrude died. Ha ha ha, I'm happy about that. Um, Elizabeth's parent or Elizabeth, Sylvia's parents, Elizabeth and Lester, died in 1998 and 2013, respectively. Um, Jenny constantly, repeatedly emphasized that her parents should not take any of the blame for placing the girls with Gertrude and what ultimately happened. I, I kind of fall on the fence about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they didn't know her. They didn't know her. They sent her to live with strangers. But. Okay. So yeah, that is basically. Um, this horrific story of Sylvia Likens. It is a horrific story. Um, I know there's some details that got left out, but uh, understandably. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, On purpose. So, yeah. Just, yep. Yep. Um, it, it, it was a horrible. It's a horrible one to research. It is. Um, it's horrible. Like my grandson asked me, what are you researching? I'm like a case where a girl was treated very badly. How? Nope. Nope. I said she was sent to live with a bad woman and that that's it. That's all you need to know. Um, cause yeah, it just like, that is not one to tell your kids. <laughs> all right. So, um, Jenny's dipping and we are going to end this today on, um, hopefully a happy note. Hopefully you're having a wonderful day and that uh, if you're in an area with a lot of snow, you're safe, happy, and warm. Um, I unfortunately have to go out yet today to get some things and I'm not looking forward to that because I, I don't like cold. Um, so have an amazing day and we will see you all we hold on, hold on, sorry. We will see you all very soon. Bye.